Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little. And Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and this is the Per Podcast. That was that was good. That was it good. Was, yeah. It didn't oh. sound like you're eating a cookie. <laughs> no, no I, I am, but uh, I will chew in between. I thought Dr. <laughs> uh, the timing was good. That, that look at our podcast, we cannot see the person that uh, we're interviewing right now, but we can see all these plates behind your head. Yes. What does yeah. that mean? Um, can you see the fish plate? Yeah, the fish plate is there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you can. The fish plate. Yeah, the fish plate is like that one. Oh, that's the fish plate. Lovely. That's the Cambodian fish plate. That is it riceware or whatever that's called. That Yola will will never let me forget. <laughs> the one over your left ear would be very difficult to eat from. <laughs> yeah. So I I collect yeah, very useful white plate plates. That is just cut in two. This is my blue and white plate wall. Right. And um, yeah, so I try to get them from different countries, and uh, I got one when we were in Cambodia, and it was a little difficult to transport and get home, and I had to buy a bag to put it in, and it was a whole thing. So, so no, none of the none of the thousands of people who are listening can see them. Right. No, no, but we have a Patreon account. Um, thank yes. you for this beautiful. <laughs> uh, because if you are on our Patreon account, you can see it. You can see our videos, which is amazing. But Tony, if you want to have eternal fame, you better get her face played. <laughs> oh, I thought I'd already achieved. I'd, I thought I'd already unlocked that achievement. <laughs> but perhaps Sadly, not. No. It doesn't have to be fish. <laughs> blue and white. It's okay. blue and My white. My mother collects blue and white. Oh, oh. look. Oh, hello, hello Patreons. <laughs> Patronize them. Patronize well, we better, them. We better introduce um, our, our guest. Yeah. The inim inimitable. Is that the right word? In no, I'm, I'm imitable. Okay. Dr. Tony Johnson. Hi. And you just said you were doing overnights. Yeah. Yes. And what so happened? overnights where? See, everybody always assumes, like, oh, my God, what, did you get fired? Did you, are you being eternally punished for something? So I love my regular day gig at the Veterinary Information Network, or VIN, yeah. but I'm a, you know, I'm a criticalist. And um, I got in with a hospital group, and they are, it's hard to get ER doctors these days. Yeah. So I became, you know, the, the patch on the hemorrhaging wound of the ER schedule. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I've been back in the trenches seeing the patients. I got scratched by a cat last week. So wow. and you love <laughs> self-torture, I guess, then. No, it's not self-torture. It's self-actualization. <laughs> so um, I, you know, it's it's enjoyable. I everybody has been talking about how utterly terrible, terrible, the state of humanity and, and pet owners has has been. But I have not had a single negative interaction throughout the whole of the pandemic. 
Well, that's um, something very few vets can say, I think. Animal interaction or people? Uh, I've had plenty of animals that wanted to, you know, not not just eat me, but hurt me and then eat me. Um, So, uh, but, you know, it's amazing because the crew that I work with, uh, they're very into the appropriate use of sedatives. Owners are really way, way, way more accepting of it than they were 15, 20 years ago because yeah. I think they see the value yeah. and less stress for their you know pets. They just wake up and go home. Um, so that part is you know is manageable. But yeah, I've seen way, way more um, negative interactions. You know, so I, I must have a better med- bedside manager with humans than with uh, cats and dogs. Oh, you've disappeared again there. Well, we lost him again. Tony's camera comes and goes. So yes. Um, So is it like what's your overnight shift? Is it like eight to eight or no? Six p.m. to eight a.m. Okay. Um, And luckily, you know, this time of year we we don't see too too much after midnight. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're you know busyish hospitals. Like in the summer, they're hopping. Um. But, you know, from six to midnight, it's been a, a steady uh, flow. And then the last shift, I even was able to catch a cat nap. And then I drove from Indianapolis to Chicago at the end of the shift. That was yesterday. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So, so I forgot where you were, but now you said you're below the wall. So you're still in the southern part. Um, so the weather shouldn't be that bad yet. No, it's been lovely. We, my wife and I, took the lawn, for the the uh, patio furniture in today. It was probably seventy degrees. Lovely fall day, so it's a wonderful time of year in Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my my uh, my lawn just got mowed today. My my neighbor mows my lawn, and he was out this morning. Like if you didn't know any better, and looked at my front window right now, it looks like late summer, really. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah. But you're in Nova Scotia right now, don't you? I am, because my fish wall is only in Nova Scotia. That's how you know I'm here when you see the mm-hmm. the blue and white plates, yeah. Is Nova Scotia like the Nova or the Scotia part reverse, refers to Scotland? So it's like you New Scotland? got it. You've wow. Got it. Okay. Interesting. There's a couple of things today. Yeah. Wow. That's because yeah. I'm not drinking. <laughs> I have my mental acuity. You must hydrate, Tony. I am, actually. I'm having some lovely pink, pink lemonade. Because you worked all night and now suddenly you're on our show and, and it you sound like it's normal. Well, it was all night Sunday night. So wow. I I had yesterday to recover. I drove home, immediately went to bed, uh, you know, slept and then took a nap today. So I think I've paid back the sleep deficit. So, Tony, I have a question about that. So because I did a lot of emergency duty, too, in my time, mm-hmm. and I felt it got more and more difficult the older I go. So... Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I bounced back. I did immediate surgery the day after, and I felt fine. But now I just wake up and I it's as if a hammer has hit me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know there are. I, I to be honest, I love doing it, and and one of the reasons I love doing it is because the staff is so well trained that they make it. I mean, certainly not effortless, but Easy. you know everything from paper way, uh, paperwork to minor procedures to client education you know they have a lot of the staff members who are well trained do that so it makes it far easier but yeah i'd be lying if there weren't times where i was like i'm too old for this beep so yeah so what's the most common thing you see cats for in the er 
Um, I think it varies between your sort of bog standard uh, gastroenteritis-y things. And then we're always trying to play the game of is there a foreign body or not. Um, And just a lot of sort of lethargy, anorexia. Um, We don't see, we, you know, we always see trauma, but not as much as in years past. I think hopefully more people are keeping him indoors. Um, but just a lot of like, well, he hasn't, you know, eaten in two days and he's feeling blah and he's hiding. Um, I mean, block cats are just uh, many, 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 many block cats. I thought you were going to say that first, actually. Uh, that's what I thought. Um, I, you know, I think there's more awareness. I think people are catching it earlier. I think referring vets probably are getting a little more savvy with management and not just throwing antibiotics at them, although I still see that. Um, but I mean, you know, you can almost always bet there's one or two block cats in the hospital. Wow. Which is surprising because we have been kind of teaching for 20 years that you probably should put cats on an appropriate diet and to prevent it. But yeah, I guess. I think I'm seeing more cats on preventive diets, and I think probably more people are doing some of the husbandry things that might be helpful in avoiding it. I mean, you know, mm. not not everybody, mm. um, but I, you know, I feel like that attitude is uh, is a little more pervasive. And you know, that's another thing where if I get it in, and if the cat is reasonably stable, so let's say we get um, my favorite gizmo for block cats is called an epoch which just is a it's a point of care blood gas and electrolyte uh-huh. meter i love it um it takes like a drop of blood you get results in two or three minutes and you get buing creatinine glucose acid base lactate electrolytes and i think we charge 90 bucks or something like that um and so if it's a cat who you know maybe they're azotemic but the potassium is okay um, and the owners have approved the treatment plan i can just hand it off to my techs and they will sedate intubate do the epidural, you know, the sacrococcygeal epidural, unblock it, and I don't have to do anything. And boy, that just, you know, because it would take 20, 30 minutes to get a cat knocked out, you know, sit there swearing at the UCATH. Um, so that's, you know, that is just another way they've streamlined it. So I can just be seen in another room and I'm a shout away if there's any issues. Right. So I want to go back to one thing, though, what you said. You said, Cats are on diets, but we know that the plugs, because they plug, it's mainly plugs that they plug on, yeah. are, uh, you know, are dissolvable. So it is, you know, just a struvite plug in 95% of the cases. Yeah. So how do, they, do they feed other stuff then next to the diet or why are they still blocking? I don't know. I don't know if it's selection bias and we're just, you know, only seeing the ones that aren't. I mean, because, you know, my bottom line when I'm talking to people is based on the UA, here's a diet that seems most appropriate, but the cat may have their own agenda. And so if it's like I'm saying eat this stuff and then the cat's starving to death, but I'm saying if you, you know, if they can feed an appropriate diet, that's best. But eating canned food is no matter what best and i'm having to work against sort of decades of dry foods better for their teeth and all that because they always look at me cross-eyed um and it is you know it's more of a hassle it's more of an expense but if it's like you're going to spend a 100 bucks more a year on food versus 2000 for an unblocking you know it makes sense um but i you know i don't know i don't know if there's been sort of a sea change in how food companies are approaching it and you know making it less common that we're going to see it so we're only seeing the tail end of the bell curve on some that would have done it no matter what i i don't know 
Yeah, I think we should the, the about it too, because you know it's data that that we get from the Minnesota Yearly Center. Yeah, right. I think that the the thinking around plugs, though, plugs are quite different from stones, and I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the current thinking about plugs is they may be more under the idiopathic cystitis umbrella. Right. Versus yeah. the I'm going to get a lot of crystals or a stone and I'm going to block. So there. Yeah. I, to me, it doesn't seem like it's ever been conclusively. You know, yeah. I, I secretly think a lot of the crystals are just a UA that sat in a tube too long <laughs> and form crystals there. And they're in vitro, not in vivo. So yeah. I, you know, I, Could I be, don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, although when you talk with Jody, he has a different opinion. He, you know, he 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 thinks that uh, the the plugs are part of the struvite syndrome. So it's not just yeah. a couple of crystals that they see. It is is part of that, and you know, if it, that's ninety five percent of them. So maybe that has changed. I mean, I need to go back to Jody and say, hey, this is some information I got because if you are on a diet that prevents struvite, yeah. The only way you can obstruct, if it is a true obstruction, so it's not the the this the one that you put the catheter in and it just goes in without any problems. I mean, then there might be uh, might be other idiopathic reasons for yeah. it. But if it's a true obstruction, that you know the tip is filled with this mucus, right? Mucus. Toothpaste, so, yeah, yeah, toothpaste stuff. Yeah. Then it's almost always truvite, and that should not happen on a, a preventative diet, whichever diet it is. Yes, so, true. But it shouldn't rain on my birthday either. Like <laughs> these things, these things just happen. Right, but then it's your two percent, and it's not every week multiple of them. That's I know, but you know, in the ER, we we get them presented and they're blocked, and the the issues that went into it and the issues after are often lost to us. Yeah. You know, like we see somewhere in the history, they're like, oh, we blocked two years ago and he's on this diet um, or we'll see them have a flare up of interstitial cystitis or Pandora syndrome or whatever we're calling it this week. Yeah, I you know, we, we're not usually involved in the long term prevention because I don't want to say feed brand X and then they go back to the RDVM and the RDVM is like, well, we don't carry that. So yeah. I try to just sort of give general guidelines and, you know, let them know that, no, it's not an infection, even though your cat's been on antibiotics five times yeah. um, in the vast majority of cases. But I have an interesting urological uh, anecdote. OK, tell us a urological. And then we can go back to, you know, you guys driving the bus. But so I saw this older dog that I was coming on the night. Did shift. you say the D word? Dog? Yeah, I did. That's dog? a dog. Oh. Well, okay, we can prevent, we can, pre no, I hate it when you, when you do that, but it just, just give me 30 seconds. It was an older dog. Oops, can you still see me or hear me? Yes. That's too bad. Um, we're on the urology subject, and I'm sure people will be interested. This, this will be short. You're making it stretch out. Okay. So the dog had, it was a female dog, older female dog, Spade, who had a urolith. Um, and the plan was to sedate the dog, pass a urinary catheter. The dog was stable. And um, it, uh, I, I did a, a rectal on the dog, and I pushed the stone back into the bladder, and the dog could pee. So, <laughs> okay, yes. Tony, one, yes. do you realize this is a cat podcast? It's kind of there in the name, although I swear I've heard some dogs purr over the years. And the fact that you mentioned the D word now seven times, normally <laughs> it's a bottle of wine word. Ooh, so this, that was the exchange case. rate you dirty dog 
<laughs> oh my god all right back yeah. to the subject at hand i'm sorry the the canadian exchange rate has changed so you know you, oh yes wow we're in, inter, international finance now yeah right. anyway so so we don't get a lot of glimpse into the preventive measures you know we do get the diet history but we don't really have much impact on it so i'm interested in the ones that are like gastroenteritis yes um because um, yeah, you, you know, you're right. That like it could be anything, right? Like I'm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I've said many times that cats only have like four clinical signs, and they just like use them over and over. <laughs> yeah. Right? Puking, and, peeing. Yeah. Yeah. One one of them is always diarrhea, so, mm-hmm. yeah. and one of them is always vomiting. Yeah. So, but um, you do like they're not always emergency true emergencies right but if it's a foreign body it may be a true emergency potentially so, yeah yeah, yeah. So like, particularly linear you, foreign bodies how do you approach that like with owners or well so i you know i i'm finding myself these days in the er being like oh you know these young kid doctors um so i i am getting a little bit more uh, conservative, I think, with my diagnostics, or or maybe I, I should say targeted, where, you know, if it's a young, healthy cat yeah. that has, you know, no history, you know, there's those cats that are like insane for eating plastic bags and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it has no abdominal pain. It's got good bowel sounds. Vitals are all okay. Um, I will sometimes, you know, offer to people and say, look, there's nothing wrong with pulling blood and taking rads. That is sort of the gold standard. And that's what these new kid doctors do all the time. However, if you want to try symptomatic therapy in your stable patient with no abdominal pain that doesn't have a string under its tongue, yeah. you know, I'm okay with that. The But the criteria are you know, you, you have to, this isn't definitive therapy. This is a test. And I don't want to hear somebody be like, well, that vet didn't do x-rays and they missed it. And, you know, so it's, it's a dialogue with the owners. Um, and there are, honestly, God, I, I still have some that are like, thank you. I hear what you're saying. I will not sleep until you take x-rays and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. I would say a lot of people say, okay, that sounds good. You know, we're, my wife works from home. We're here. We live 10 minutes away. You know, I'm like, we're here 24 seven. And they know that it's like, if this doesn't work, here's our follow-up plan. And I think they that sort of instills in them, like, we've tried this. We know that didn't work. Now we got to do A, B, and C. It's still there for the people that really, you know, feel like they, they don't want to miss something early. And I kind of tell them, you know, here's the pros of doing it. Here's the cons. The cons is if it's a linear foreign body that's sawing your cat's jejunum in half, we're going to regret not having that those 24 hours. But there's a lot of them that don't need it. We do a lot of normal rads and there's nothing wrong with that um but you know if it's a cat with abdominal pain cat with a fever you know cat where it's like well i saw him playing with dental floss last week um you know then then that i do sort of i don't pressure them but i sort of let them know the importance of it and you know there's some of them with linear foreign body where you can just feel the darn thing and and that's where it really doesn't even become an option yeah right i tried to do this trick many many times when in internal medic called me in the middle of the night uh, trying to convince me that the cat needed to go to surgery it rarely it rarely really worked <laughs> yeah they just wanted biopsies right they would just want to say okay just biopsy everything in the yep, abdomen yep, yep, yeah as we know you can open up the abdomen uh, release the evil spirits close yes. they have cirrhosal hypoxia right yeah right that's exactly uh, it i think it's true though like as you get more experience um and 
the three of us have had like a lot of experience, mm-hmm. yeah. right? You you do, you you don't tend to have like a one size fits all approach, right? Like yeah. as you say, you get more targeted because, you know, you know, you know, you've seen like a thousand cats like this, and only like a hundred had a foreign body. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and there are people who, you know, can't even financially yeah. afford to do rads and blood work. You know, right off the bat. Um, and, you know, those are always, you know, tough scenarios trying to figure out what's in the patient's best interest that fits their budget. But but, yeah, you know, I think more targeted. The, the problem is as you get more targeted, it, it is easy to just kind of get lazy and do that for everybody. So I at least try to satisfy my own conscience that, you know, that's we've fulfilled all the criteria that I'm OK for that. And also, did you know that dogs are very good at mandolin? <laughs> I would have. Guessed. I just had to throw that in there because I, I got a case of wine and I'm itching to get rid of it. So, thank you, thank you. I, I was waiting for that trigger. Yes, I'm very happy that you brought trigger it up. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. This is the trigger warning, and I think this is time. Also, we're at time because. Um, you know, our next next guest will be coming up pretty soon, so we need to break this in two. Okay. And so let's have a little break, Doctor Susan. Do you want to finish this part of the podcast? I'll give it a try. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, um, yes, we uh, we don't exactly have a cliffhanger to to end on here, but <laughs> I think the mandolin was a pretty big. Cliffhanger. Oh, that's true. That's good. We'll just end with the mandolin. Yeah. Yes, it's got um, a callback in comedy circles. There you go. That's a callback then, yeah. So, so, so we'll we'll resume the mandolin discussion um, next week, and until then, uh, you can find us at perpodcast.net, and you can find us on social media at perpodcast. And what did I forget, Yola? You're looking like I forgot something. No, nothing. I think you did a wonderful job. Oh, he's got that. He's got that look. Like, ah, oh, she forgot something. No. Okay. No, the handle maybe. I said at per podcast. Oh, excellent! She did. Do you have a, a slogan or like an intro sound or something? <laughs> the slogan, yeah. yeah. Save all cats or something like that. I like yeah. that. I like there that. we go. We'll we'll start next right. week with our new slogan. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at Cat Pet Susan. Dr. Yerla Kirpenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. 
Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast.